Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Hoop Southbound show. Um, my name is David, and normally I am joined with Maddie, and we had our special guest, Caleb, with us in the studio this week uh, when we were recording the show. What has happened was something pretty crazy. I ironically, or I don't know what exactly the world word would actually be, um, but I entitled this show, Welcome to the Madness. Little did I know that Welcome to the Madness would actually be a story about us fighting technology. What we have for you today is what I actually call Plan C. Plan A, we were going to do a live show on uh, Sunday night, and we were going to have everyone behind the desk working around a white whiteboard and filling out a bracket for y'all and having a group of interviews that were going to be outstanding and uh, a lot of fun. What's ended up happening, we went to Plan B, which was to record the show. And what ended up next was, is that we had a double reverb effect occur in the audio when we recorded it. Just a welcome to the madness moment, I guess you could say. March Madness doesn't uh, just contain itself to basketball. But we do have a show. The good news is, is that we were able to keep together the interviews for y'all. And I'm going to put together a little bit of what we talked about in the show and show you the bracket that we did fill out uh, this evening. So without further delay, this was uh, kind of our March Madness Welcome to the Madness show. Um, I'll walk you through what we talked about and uh, the numbers and everything else. And we'll still have some great interviews along the way with Kate Christian Sykes of Crimson Crossover, um, Skeeter from the Mizzou Woods Water, Woods Water and Mizzou podcast. I don't know why I can't get that out. Um, I couldn't get it out on the live show either when we uh, tried plan A. Um, Benjamin's going to react to the bracket for us. Uh, he's a bracketologist and had a very successful year. Um, and then a few other guests are going to pop by as well to talk about Texas A&M and some other teams. So buckle up. This is going to be a great show. Our first guest of the evening was Benjamin Michael, who is a bracketologist who had a very successful year, um, filling, filling out the brackets all the way through and seeding all these teams in the tournament. The biggest surprise this year to all of us was Texas A&M being seated at a seven seed. Here's what his reaction was to the bracket. And welcome to the Hoop Southbound Bracket Show after a mess of a live show with technical difficulties. At least we're all alive, um, you know, and so uh, we're going to be ready to rock. And uh, let's talk a little bit of brackets today. Let's kick this thing off. Um, our I mean, initial impressions of the bracket. And uh, we got our friend Benjamin here, who uh, who's a bracketologist that we've been following all season on our Twitter account. Benjamin, what are your first thoughts here on the bracket? Uh, in terms of my personal bracket, I had every team on um, completely seated correctly outside of Texas A&M, and I think everybody had Texas A&M off at least one seed line or another. I had them as a six, and they were obviously a seven, and that's just because the selection committee, they don't watch any of the games on the weekend, and they don't appreciate the fact that um, uh, they made the, the, the championship game. 
Yeah. I mean, we remember talking about that throughout the course of the year. I mean, site Texas A&M last year. Um, that's a perfect example of what we're seeing. Um, so one of the biggest seed lines that I think we all had questions about was Texas A&M at a seven. What's going on there? Um, you know, you said you missed that committee not watching it necessarily, but are they also not necessarily rewarding a, a weaker non-conference schedule and a poor performance back in December? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it, it's in part that like if if the Wofford and Murray State games didn't happen, I think they could honestly be a top four seed just because of how they first formed since Christmas or so. Uh, if if these wins that happen over the weekend, if they happen in like January or something, I think we'd see them on the five line. It's just when they happened and the fact that people get lazy, people don't pay attention to these games. It's why they were seated way that, where they were seated. Okay. Um, so my last question, and I'll let the Caleb and uh, Maddie jump in here and ask a few. Um, my f- my final question is, what were kind of some of the big takeaways that you saw from the committee throughout their decision-making on this round of uh, of brackets? Like, what was a big lesson that we learned about the committee's thinking this year? I think, I think they're a bit more consistent than they were last year. I think last year it was pretty blatant that they, they didn't watch any of the games over the weekend, like with Tennessee. I'm sure that that still gives you all nightmares in terms of just how they were seated. They, they obviously should have been in two seed, and then they would have never drawn Michigan in the second round, and they could have, who knows how, how far they could have gone. Um, but I think they were more consistent this year, and they, they paid a lot more attention to metrics. I think Mississippi State's a little bit low, but outside of that, I think they were far more consistent than I've seen in, in, in the previous half decade or so. Um, but in terms of overall takeaway, I think I think just understanding um, that they evaluate games differently based on when they're played, and they they pay very close attention to metrics, and that's why Tennessee was seated as high as they are, and that's why um, Missouri was seated where they are. Um, comparing Tennessee and Missouri, they both have really similar um, records in terms of quad victories. Um, Missouri is ten and nine in the first two quadrants, and Tennessee is ten and ten. But the thing is, Tennessee, obviously, they're, they're, they have insane metrics. They're, they're top 10 in basically every quality metric, and they're fourth in the net, whereas Missouri, they're in the, the 20s or the 30s. Um, so I think just understanding that, that that it's a balance between performance in the quads and just overall metrics, um, and understanding that's what the committee likes to see is um, is a better way of understanding how these teams are going to be protected and how these teams are going to be seeded come Selection Sunday. Okay. Caleb, Manny, go ahead, guys. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, ben, Benjamin, you kind of hit the nail on the head there um, with consistency. Um, I think, you know, as as we started looking at brackets more getting into March, um, everything kind of lined up the way we thought it would. And I, I like these matchups for the SEC. Do you have one um, in particular you think could go the way that any of us on this call right now wouldn't want it to go? Um, well, I mean, I, I graduated from Illinois nine months ago, so obviously y'all are catching us uh, in the first round. So I'm really, I'm really interested in that. I think, I think, I don't think that's going to be a close game. I honestly think, it, I honestly think Arkansas is going to run away with it. Um, but outside of that, I think Tennessee is probably going to lose in the first round to Louisiana. I think Alabama is going to lose to San Diego State. But I think Texas A&M, I think they've got a really good chance to beat Texas in the second round um, and advance further on, just because Texas, they've got an interim co- coach and they just won their their conference tournament. And I think leading to a conference tournament, it leads to a lot of hype, and that's not always like really true. Um, so I think I think Texas A&M, I think they're probably my pick to go the deepest, even though Alabama's obviously the number one overall seed. I just think Alabama, they haven't been playing very well the past three or so weeks. Uh, and that San Diego State matchup um, in, in the in the second round that that's in in, in, um, in the Sweet 16, that's that's tough. 
Um, and um, so I think Texas A&M, that, that's, my, that's my pick um, to, go, to, go, to go crazy really against Texas and, and go deep into the tournament. Caleb? Yeah, I was about to say for me, my question would be, is there any matchups that you have specifically highlighted or circled that could be um, major upsets that you could see happening in this tournament this year? Sure. Um, SEC related or just overall? Just overall. Um, sure. So I think um, just stay, sticking in the SEC, I think Missouri's got a really good chance to beat um, – they, they've got Arizona in the second round. Yeah. So if, if they get past Utah State, I think Missouri's got a really good chance to beat Arizona just because Arizona's been really inconsistent um, all throughout the year, uh, against specifically against teams that are in the Missouri range. Like they, um, what does Arizona have, like three or four quad two losses? They, they've just struggled against teams that are, are in the range of Missouri. And also – I honestly probably would have picked Arkansas to upset a one seed if that one seed wasn't Kansas. Um, if it were Purdue, if it were Alabama, obviously Alabama could happen, or if it were Houston, I think Arkansas really has the capability to beat a one seed. It's just Kansas is such a tough draw um, as a one seed. Um, but outside of that, I don't really think there's going to be any 15-2 um, defeats or any 16-1 um, defeats, which we've seen recently. Um, I, I don't think anything too big time is going to happen, but I think I think a couple of one seeds going down um, before the Elite Eight, I'd, I'd definitely project that. Okay. Hey, uh, Benjamin, so unless it's just like a personal note at this point because you had a rough year or whatever, uh, do you know how you turned down on the bad bracket? Uh, the bracket back there. Good God. Oh, yeah, I know. I can't speak. Together. Bracket matrix. The bracket matrix. How'd you do in the bracket matrix this year? Do you know yet? I haven't calculated my exact score yet, but I, I think I, th I got 51 out of 68 seeded correctly to within within one seed line and i got 67 out of 68 in overall and i think that was pretty good comparatively but i haven't calculated my score um but hopefully hopefully it's pretty good but um at the end of the day it's it's on the hands of of the the people sitting in the room and making decisions that are really subjective okay disagreeable so who was the one team that you uh you had in but wasn't the case yeah, I had. I think everybody had this. I, it was it was Rutgers and over over Nevada. And I've got I've got a note on this that I wanted to bring up. Rutgers, they were. Let me find. Um, give me a second. I had a, I had a really cool statistic on this that I wanted to bring up. Sure. So Rutgers, um, Arkansas, Arkansas is in the eight seed, and we all projected Arkansas to be in, right? Arkansas is eight and twelve in the first two quadrants. That's not great. I mean, they're they're they they were complete. They're pretty comfortably in, but they were eight and twelve in the first two quadrants. Rutgers was 10 and 10 in the first two quadrants and Rutgers was completely out. Uh, so I think Rutgers probably should have been in over Nevada. Um, and obviously it's, it's tough because, um, because obviously some teams are in with, with worse records against specific quadrants and others. Um, but I mean, Arkansas obviously, obviously makes up for it because they're so good in, in the majority of the metrics. Okay. Well, thank you, man, so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it and hanging out with us during the uh, technical difficulties that we were having on the live show uh, on the first round of this today. So uh, thank you again. You want to let everybody know where they can find you at? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at B-E-E-N underscore G-E-E. Um, and that's that's the best way to find me. I just posted an article on my Substack directly related to this. I reverse engineered the bracketology process. Um, and it was basically using a computer to do a process, which the majority of people do manually. Um, it's really relevant to this. Um, and, and, and that's that's the one thing that I'd really like to plug because it's it's relevant to the show. It's relevant to the day. Um, and I appreciate you all having me on. And oh, yeah, of course, week. man. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate we appreciate you coming on today. And like I said, 
it's not not fun. We have to deal with all those cr with craziness. But thank you again. All right, we're gonna yeah, pay thanks, the man. Good yep, talking to you. we're gonna pay the bills real fast. So uh, appreciate you coming on, Benjamin. The number one overall seeded team in this year's tournament was the SEC's own Alabama Crimson Tide. They're an impressive team and a very good one at that. Um, we sat down and talked to Christian Sykes about his impressions on the Tide and where they're at in the tournament this year. And we welcome into the show Christian Sykes of Crimson Crossover. How are you doing, Christian? I know you got to be at least like on top of the world with Alabama being announced the number one team overall. How are you feeling, man? <laughs> man, I'm 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 ecstatic. I I if you had told me four years ago when we lost to Northfolk Norfolk State um, in the first round of the NIT at home that this is where you'd be, be sitting, I'd say that you're out of your mind you've I, I you must be playing video games or something because this is it's it's unreal um to say the least where where we're sitting at right now all right so you um you obviously you know know that over the course you want of the last 10 years um prior to this season obviously because we haven't got results back yet but over the last 10 seasons the sec tournament champion actually did not or only three times have they finished as the final team standing in March? Um, the exceptions, of course, being Auburn and Kentucky are, are the two teams that did not do so. And those teams ended up in final fours, except for one. What is your prediction for Alabama heading forward right now? Man, I don't want to be, I don't want to cop out because it's so tough uh, in March. It's, I, I mean, we've seen crazy runs at St. Peter's last year. Um, we saw like Wichita State before before they became like a number one seed. Um, Buffalo even knocked off like um, a DeAndre Eaton led Arizona um, under Nate Oates. It's so tough. Um, if I looking at our bracket, I mean, not knowing anything, I would expect us to at least get to the lead eight um, just based off of um, what I've seen with like matchups. Um, I don't think Alabama could have asked for any more favorable favorable bracket than what we got, um, and and so I I would if you want to give me a prediction I would say we at least get to the lead eight but like I said in March it's just so hard to predict what 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 will end up happening. Okay, so before we dive into the bracket, Maddie, Caleb, any questions real fast? Yeah, I mean, um, so we've uh, we talked to Benjamin a little bit ago, and he is feeling some type of way about the San Diego State team, and he thinks they're going to knock off Alabama. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, well, my, through my initial like picks, so what I like to do is right when the bracket comes out, I do like an initial bracket pick, and then throughout the week, you know, I'll do a little bit more deep dive on teams and change up my picks. My initial pick right now, I have Charleston beating San Diego State first round. It's so good, it's a good upset. It's a really good upset. Um, so that's if I think I haven't really watched much of San Diego State, so I'm not entirely sure um, what their team looks like. I know that they're San Diego State's generally a pretty talented team. Um, they they have had tournament success in the past. So, like I said, it's March. It wouldn't surprise me if we got knocked out in the second round or. I mean, actually, it wouldn't surprise me if we got knocked out in the second round. Let me say that. It wouldn't surprise me if we got knocked out in the Sweet 16. Um, but, I mean, yeah, well, maybe even in the second round. I mean, Maryland and West Virginia are no jokes. 
Um, they're really good teams, uh, play very physical style of uh, basketball. So that wouldn't surprise me, I guess. But being in Birmingham, you expect it to be kind of like a home game. Sure thing. Yeah. Caleb? I was about to, yeah, kind of following up on uh, Maddie's question, is there a specific team looking at your region specifically that you think could possibly give you a scare or give you fits as far as matchup-wise? Uh, definitely Arizona, if we get to the Elite Eight. Um, they have uh, uh, Wooden and Na- Naismith um, finalists. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's something like Tabalis or something like that. Um, he's a foreign player. Um, uh, Tommy Lloyd's a great coach. I think Scott Drew, Baylor, that's always going to be a tough matchup because it's Scott Drew looking at Virginia, Tony Bennett. The The interesting thing about our bracket is I do think it's favorable for Alabama, but if you go and look at the like pure coaches that are in our, our bracket, you have Tony Bennett, who's won a national championship. You have Scott Drew, who's won a national championship. You have Tommy Lloyd, who comes from Gonzaga, um, has won the Pac-12 back-to-back years his first two years. You know, you have um, – who else? San Diego State. I'm not sure their coach, but then you have you have um, West Virginia's head coach. Uh, is it Dana? Uh, shoot, I can't remember his name. Um, you have Mark Turgeon. That's I think at Maryland, unless he got fired. I can't remember if he got fired. Anyway, my point being is that you have very experienced March head coaches, people that have had success in March in our bracket. Whereas Nate Oates is this is his. Um. Sixth, sixth uh, NCAA tur- tournament appearance. So um, from that standpoint, you know, coaching in March is critical. So could a team like a Scott Drew led Baylor or a, um, or a, you know, a Tony Bennett give Alabama fits? Yeah, for sure. Um, they, they're great coaches and they've won national championships. All right. Let's, uh, let's walk through your first weekend here and kind of see what your thoughts are. Uh, overall, and we'll see where the Sweet 16 ends up by the time this is over. Obviously, let's just pencil, pencil you in into the second round, unless you just guys think you're going to get UMBC'd by some chance. Um, uh, thoughts on being UMBC'd? Um, I think the reason why Virginia got UMBC'd is because the lack of offense, and I don't think that that's an issue with Alabama. I don't I don't think it yeah. is either. All right, so we're moving Alabama forward. Um, the 99.3% uh, will we'll stay consistent uh, for this portion of it. All right, um, so just real, real quick, your pick between Maryland and West Virginia on your initial thoughts. Right now is West Virginia. West Virginia? Maryland, Maryland has struggled away from home. So I, I like it. I like it. All right, so that would put Alabama against West Virginia for the Sweet 16. A little bit of thoughts real fast, and I, I imagine you're picking the tide to go to the Sweet 16, but real fast, your thoughts, uh, 85% chance or normal odds that the one seed advances to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of our tougher matchups of the of the turn of our bracket. Um, I think West Virginia's physical. Uh, they usually do a full court press style of defense. Um, it has if you've looked at the teams that we've lost to, they've played very physical against us. Um, I think that is going to be a tough game. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk um, eight nine game. So, but I do have Alabama. You know, pulling it out. Um, like I, I think I kind of spoiled that by saying I'd be surprised if Alabama didn't get the Sweet Sixteen. I, I mean, it's fair enough. Um, so you have Charleston beating South San Diego State in your initial pick. 
Um, so I'll move down to Virginia and Furman. Now, Furman was a team that in our second episode of the season, I had Furman in our mid-major spotlight as a team that I expected to make the NCAA tournament this year. Very talented bunch of guys. Um, your thoughts between Virginia and Furman? Yeah, we actually have Noah Gurley, who really turned it on um, in the SEC tournament. He's a he's a transfer that we had over. Um, he came from Furman. Um, they run a great program. Um, I expect that game to be a low scoring game. Both are very low in pace of uh, pace of play. Um, I think I do have Virginia coming through with the win on that one. I was hoping for the battle of South Carolina. That was, that was my hope right there. All right. So Virginia versus Charleston, who's meeting Alabama in the sweet 16, Virginia. I, Virginia. All yeah. right. I don't, I don't really have thoughts. I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Virginia is a high level power five team and Charleston has, hasn't played a quad one quad one game this season. Um, I just think Virginia's type of defense kind of overpowers Charleston. Okay. All right, Christian. Well, thank you for coming on the show, sharing your thoughts and congratulations to your tide roll tide all the way on that one. I will, I will shake your hand and say you had a great season. Do you want to let everybody know where they can find you at real fast? Yeah. Yeah. You can find us at uh crimson cross crimson X over on Twitter, crimson crossover on Instagram. Um, you can find me at, at CT sites one, uh, three on Twitter. Um, we do pre and post game spaces for all Alabama um, basketball games. We also try to do some type, some SEC spaces here and there thrown in. Um, but, you know, make sure that we clip David's uh, roll tide because I need I need that for Twitter um, and definitely going to be. Using it was congratulatory that. roll tide. OK, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys have a great night. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Every yeah, anytime. Thanks, man. Always good talking to you. Yeah. All right. Looking at Alabama's portion of the bracket, me, Caleb, and Maddie sat down and filled this out. First off, we all agree that Alabama is not getting UMBC this year. Uh, the odds are just too great with them, and we move them into the second round, regardless of who their opponent would be, whether it be Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Southeast Missouri. Um, further, we all pretty much collectively agreed West Virginia would be the team moving on to play Alabama in the second round. West Virginia, a very talented team that Huggins has been coaching. Good group, plays at a fast pace, a team that beat Auburn earlier this season. We liked them on the nine line to move on into the next round. Our next one was a game we disagreed on. Maddie and Caleb both agreed that San Diego State was the team to move, team to watch in the San Diego State in Charleston College game or College of Charleston game. However, I put a slight disagreement on it, and I did like Charleston to move into the next round. COC is a very good team, but collectively, um, for our bracket that we put together as a group, we picked San Diego State. Um, in group committee and San Diego State, San Diego State, a team that we saw Arkansas play in the Maui Invitational and end up, I believe, in fifth place is where they finished. The next game, Virginia versus Foreman in Alabama's portion of the bracket, we picked Furman. And the reason we picked Foreman is that this is a very senior experience team. Earlier this season in our second episode of the year, Maddie and I had picked Furman as our mid-major spotlight team. And this is a team that we definitely believe in. Last year, they missed the SoCon championship, uh, winning it by just a fraction of a second, a couple of seconds, or a fraction of a second to 
get their chance at getting to the getting to the NCAA tournament. The coach of that other Chattanooga team that beat them out was Lamont Paris, who is now the head coach at South Carolina. Furman, we had beating Virginia. We liked their experience. We liked them as a very good basketball team, and we thought they were a team that was very capable of causing a major upset. Therefore, in Alabama's portion of the bracket in the round of 32, we moved Alabama against West Virginia, San Diego State, and taking on Furman. Then we looked to their Sweet 16 spot, and we said, well, Alabama should get past West Virginia. We like the Alabama's chances of rebound at rebounding West Virginia, and that was a pretty much unanimous decision as we moved Alabama on into the Sweet 16. San Diego State and Furman, again, we stuck with our gut on this one and our mid-major pick, and we liked Furman to move on. Uh, here's a little bit of data on Furman. Uh, Furman's a very good team. Like I said, very senior and experienced. We like them for a Cinderella story to get into the Sweet 16. We've been riding with them all year as our mid-major pick, and we're sticking with them now. For the matchup between Alabama and Furman, this is where the story, unfortunately, ends for Furman is in the Sweet 16, as we have Alabama, at least so far, um, as we break this bracket down, tying their all-time best performance in March and going into the Elite Eight. On the other side of the South region, Missouri is on that group, and we had a fantastic conversation with Skeeter from the from the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast. All right, and we welcome into the show Skeeter of the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast. And, of course, um, he saved the receipts and so did another friend of his, and I've uh, been all over social media. Let's see why. Missouri waits on the winner of Tennessee and whoever the heck they play. Now we're getting into some hypotheticals out here. Uh, Mizzou and Tennessee. Look, I'm going to be honest. We got Mizzou high in our power rankings right now. We know Mizzou's a decent basketball team. A bunch of mid-major transfers. Blah, 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 blah. If they play Tennessee, Tennessee wins. That's just my opinion. Tennessee's defense is absolutely going to be looking for revenge for what happened in Knoxville. They won on a buzzer beater in in, uh, TBA. I, I don't like Rick Barnes to let that be forgotten. This would be typical Rick Barnes fashion to make a run in the SEC tournament right here. So if it's Tennessee versus Mizzou, Mizzou one game exit uh, from the SEC tournament. If they were to catch whoever comes from the Thursday game, I like Mizzou to pull that game out, uh, just being the better rested team. But Tennessee, to me, is the bomb sh- is the bomb that finally blows Mizzou up. So I just want everybody to know that this show is being brought to you by the letter L. And uh, I'm going to sit here and hold this for a second, because when you make your worst pick of the season, you deserve to hold an L like this. That was a terrible pick on my part. And I'm okay saying I made a terrible pick. You know, if I make one really bad call a year, (laughs) by the way, everybody loves to say the receipts for when you blow up and screw up like that. But nobody wants to say the receipts when you call Dennis Gates a good coach. (laughs) I mean, if if you want to be honest, they could probably go back and find several of me being down Mizzou. And thankfully, David took the brunt of everything. I'll, I'll, thankfully hold that L with him. So how you doing today, Skeeter? And I'm sure you have some words you'd like to share with me this week. <laughs> hey, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, at least you didn't have Arkansas winning the SEC tournament. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that, hurt. that hurt, Skeeter. That hurt. <laughs> uh, All right. Like I said, I can talk to – well, I need to find a therapist, but we can, we can talk about my delusions in Arkansas basketball when I get there. 
Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'm getting some goodwill here right now with Mizzou fans for, for owning my mistakes as a human being. So, anyway, Skeeter, let's talk about your side of the bracket here, real fast. Uh, actually, before we start, let's talk about your seed. How did you feel with Mizzou coming out of there with the seven seed? What was your original thoughts about how the committee's decision came out, and how are you feeling at this point about Mizzou? Well, I mean, most projections, you know, at Going into yesterday, seven was where we were pretty well set, I felt like. So, uh, honestly, the draw, its there's not an easy bracket this time of the year, you know. Like So, uh, I'm happy with where we're at. Uh, you got to go out and win ball games. you know. It's, you can look into the analyticals all you want. You can compare wins and losses, but they got to play a ball game Thursday and I just want to see him win. No, oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Sure. All right, guys, I've been talking a lot on this show. Do you guys want to ask the next couple of questions here? So my thing here, you know, we look at uh, Dennis Gates being a first-year coach. He's done absolutely phenomenal. Honestly, I think he should have won Coach of the Year based on you know just what he's done with this Mizzou team. So, you know, for me, one of the biggest things I think about March Madness is you got to have your X's and O's. You can have – certain levels of talent but that's not going to go anywhere if you don't have a good coach so looking at it being you know Dennis Cates first year in the SEC how do you think that's going to go over in the NCAA tournament you know especially looking at Utah State I don't know much about them they can shoot the three but (laughs) it sounds like from from what David just said pretty even matchup so how do you think he's gonna go up against their head coach you know, you look at the squad he, he brought with him, and it's a very older group. So these guys have been in games. We've had a lot of close, tight games this year. Uh, and they they just seem to find a way to get through it. You know, it, we're undefeated in games decided by five or less. Uh, we run undefeated if we reach 70. Uh, so those are, are two key numbers for us, obviously. We're, we're undefeated when we score more points than the opponent, obviously. So <laughs> that's real, real in-depth uh, analytics there. But uh, Coach Gage, you know, like he, he's got a squad that he trusts. He's talked so much about Nick Honor being born with like a whiteboard in his hand because he says he, he's a coach's son. He's, he's going to be a head coach one day. And for him to be the point guard leading the offense, like you, you got to trust like, DeAndre Golston to come up with a big shot if we need it. You know, he's had two buzzer beaters this year. Demoy Hodge, Kobe Brown, uh, Sean East, uh, Noah Carter. So we, we've got an older squad, and I don't think we'll get phased by any, any of the moments. It's just uh, there's been a, a handful of games this year. When we seem to lose, we seem to lose big. So hopefully we don't get down and get out of mentally. Yeah, definitely understand. Caleb, you got a quick question on Mizzou? Yeah, just looking at your side of the bracket, um, do you see any teams that, you know, you make it past that first round? Um, how do you feel about, it, like, uh, that Arizona matchup if it if it comes to that and, and they don't, for some reason, pull a Kentucky and lose to Princeton? Well, I mean, Arizona, you know, they're, they're two seed and, don't watch a whole lot of the basketball games out west. So, I mean, like Utah State, I really don't have a clue about when we got drawn with him. So, Arizona, I don't really know much about. But 
to, to earn the two seed, you've got to be a good team. Uh, the committee don't just put anybody in there. So, but like I said, you know, just you got to go out and win. Uh, it, it's, it's the point, like, beginning of the season, had you told majority of Mizzou fans, hey, you're going to make the NCAA tournament, we would be happy regardless of seeding or, you know, whatever. But at this point, I think the majority uh, say the expectations is to just win win one game, you know, go 1-0. Uh, and so if we get to the second round, you're going to have a lot of happy Mizzou fans because it's exceeding expectations anybody could have had. I can definitely, definitely understand. All right, let's go through your quadrant here or your uh, first first weekend real fast. All right, obviously you guys have Utah State, um, your first game. What's your pick? Why are you picking it? And uh, everything else, I've got a feeling I know who you're picking. <laughs> Going Mizzou, uh, I just feel like th- these guys are on a mission and they're going to put their head down and, and go out there and win the ball game. Feel that, feel that. All right, Arizona and Princeton, who are you meeting in the second round? Uh, probably Arizona. Uh, and that's going to be a tough ball game. I, I mean, if you want the homer side of me, I'm going to say Mizzou, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just depends on the way that you want to go today on the show, man. So, like, you know. Go through the bracket either way here in a little bit. Hey, so. We'll have our receipts no matter what. We have our receipts, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna exchange receipts for a while. <laughs> well, David, I think you've gathered from my comments on Twitter and and you coming on our pod. I am a strong homer, so uh, you're not gonna see me penciling the zoo to lose too many times. Uh, I understand. I understand. All right, so we're gonna rock Mizzou over Arizona here on you on your picks. Um, I'm gonna make like our our guest bracket, and then like <laughs> at the end of this, I'm gonna ask for everybody's final four picks and fill out a bracket that our guests said put together. Mizzou final four, Mizzou national championship, Mizzou national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, let, let's be real. You're starting to sound like me with Arkansas. <laughs> Hey, if you find a good therapist, let me know. We're in the same area. <laughs> All, right. All right. So on the other side, let's see who you're meeting in the Sweet 16. Who do you have, Creighton or North Carolina State? Uh, NC I've State. a lot of these teams in this section play. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I think NC State's going to upset uh, Creighton there. I, you know, there, there always seems to be a double-digit seed, make it to at least the Sweet 16, if not – Elite eight. Uh, and so I've got NC State actually pulling the upset. Okay. I like that pick. Baylor or UCSB? It's going to be Baylor. Okay. And then who's Mizzou meeting in the Sweet 16 in your bracket? We're going back to Big 12 uh, playing Baylor. Okay. I, I, I can actually see a lot of that happening. Yep. I, I, I really can. That That's going to be a fun – Fun little quadrant. I really am. I'm going to be glued to the South region. It's going to be a fun, fun one to watch. All right, Skeeter, um, where do you think the ceiling is for Mizzou uh, this year in the NCAA tournament? And um, I mean, you can wear your Homer hat or not, but we'll, we'll rock whatever you give us. <laughs> the ceiling is winning out and winning the whole freaking tournament. The floor is losing the first games. <laughs> Anywhere in between there. Uh, it, it's hard to have that crystal ball you know anything can happen 
it's why we love this sport because anything can happen. I like it. I like that's the best take I have heard. It is freaking March. All right. Like they say, one game at a time. (laughs) All right, Skeeter, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you at? Yeah, we're uh, at Mizzou Pod on Twitter. It's the Woods Water Mizzou Podcast. And then my personal is Zoo, Z-O-U, dat, D-A-T. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan as well. So I got my Huda, my M-I-Z-Z-O-U combined as my uh, Twitter handle. Good deal. All right. Well, thank you, man, for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Go Tigers. M-I-Z. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Yeah, we know. We know how it goes. (laughs) Z-O-U. Thanks, man. In our group conversation, we pretty much unanimously picked Missouri. I, I While the numbers look very convincing that Utah State would be a team that is of equal caliber with Missouri, I would take, Missouri, despite Missouri's non-conference record, I pointed out that Missouri has played tougher opponents in conference play, and therefore I favor Missouri, Missouri for that purpose. I think Missouri is an all-around more experienced and better basketball team uh, talent-wise, and one that has shown that it can clearly compete in one of the best conferences in in America at this point. So we moved Missouri on, and we agreed with Skeeter that they are going to the round of 32 at this point. In the 215 game, we picked Arizona. Arizona's a very big basketball team that rebounds the ball pretty dang well. Uh, good basketball team, good offensive pace. Uh, we moved Arizona on into the second round also. Above them, we had Creighton and North Carolina State. We were split on this one. I picked Creighton. Um, it was a team that I'm interested in, uh, one that had suffered some injuries earlier this season and lost some horrible games to the likes of like BYU. But Creighton ended up throughout the season improving and very much was a similar story to Arkansas, like how they played in Maui. Very interesting on how that turned out. But Maddie and Caleb both picked North Carolina State, so we ended up moving North Carolina State on. The team they would be playing is Baylor. We ended up liking the Baylor Bears collectively, and right now the Big 12 has shown that they are one of the best conferences out there. We're favoring the Big 12 team in this 314 matchup. In the round of 32 in the North Carolina State-Baylor game, we ended up taking the Bears again. Very good offensive team, very good team all around. Um, Big 12 was no joke, and this Baylor team has upset some teams along the way, including very high-seeded teams throughout this tournament. We like Baylor to get past North Carolina State. For the Missouri and Arizona game, a big factor in this game has been rebounding. Missouri is not the best rebounding basketball team, and that's where we kind of collectively and all agreed that Arizona would win this basketball game, is that Arizona's size would be too much on the on the rebounding end for Missouri. We do like Missouri uh, as a team that could give Arizona headaches, but Arizona, we think, will end up dominating the glass enough to put Missouri away. They were a very, very good team. Additionally, teams that have won multi-team events throughout the uh, last couple of seasons have done exceptionally well uh, in the NCAA tournament. So we do like Arizona as the Maui winner to advance to play Baylor. Uh, In the Sweet 16, we picked Arizona to move on to the Elite Eight where they'll play Alabama. And then we have Alabama in our Final Four. We liked Alabama's ability on rebounding, their their offensive rating and pace. Very good team. And, of course, one player can win you a tournament. Brandon Miller is an exceptional basketball player. Noah Clowney is also no one to skip over on your scouting report. Alabama we have moving on into the Final Four on April 1st. And that concludes our South Region coverage, and we're going to take a quick break. Next, we took a look at the East Region. 
where we have Purdue as the number one seed in two SEC teams, Tennessee and Kentucky. Additionally, uh, in this bracket, we also have an interesting matchup that didn't get a lot of talk on the Selection Sunday show. Uh, we'll get to that one in just a moment. For Purdue, we did not like the fact that they would possibly get UMBC. So we have Purdue moving on into the round of 32. Again, the odds are very, very heavy favored for one seed to beat a 16. Uh, the game that we were all kind of conflicted on, FAU and Memphis, we ended up all unanimously agreeing, but I was a little torn um, picking, almost picking Dusty May. Uh, but we did like Memphis's performance against Houston on Sunday. Uh, Memphis is a very good basketball team and one that can play extremely fast. Uh, we ended up picking Memphis as the eighth seed to play Purdue in the next round. FAU, very talented basketball team, one not to overlook. This game could truly go either way. The next portion of the bracket contained our first SEC team in the East, and that's Tennessee taking on Louisiana. Tennessee has been a team that's been very frustrating to figure out at times and is one that we've kind of been trying to understand exactly where they were. Well, I personally, in the SEC tournament, I would trust Rick Barnes, as you've heard us make a joke about with Wood, with uh, Skeeter a couple of minutes ago. Rick Barnes in the NCAA tournament at his time in Tennessee is not something I would necessarily trust. Uh, and it's been a regular storyline on this show. This season is talking about the possibility of a hot seat building for Tennessee. This is not a matchup I personally was thrilled about for Tennessee. Jordan Brown is a guy who can wreak havoc. He is this team's leading, the Louisiana, he is Louisiana's leading rebounder with 8.7 rebounds per game. Uh, he is also their leading scorer with 19.4 points per game. Very, very talented basketball team where I think Tennessee has the edge and where the other two, Caleb and Maddie, were convinced. Uh, in picky Tennessee, who came down to defense. When you look at the defensive rating between these two teams and defense almost entirely, that's where Tennessee wins this basketball game. Their defensive rating is almost 20 points better than Louisiana, than Louisiana Lafayette. They steal the ball at least one more time a game, and there's almost a 10% difference in their three-point defense. Additionally, uh, an 8% difference in their opponent field goal percentage allowed. Um, meanwhile, Tennessee's offense is good enough to hang around with Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> Take that sentence however you want. The one area I do have concern is that Louisiana Lafayette does get to the free throw line a lot more often than the Vols do, but the Vols, I think will get be fine in this matchup, but if they don't draw fouls, this one could get chaotic. Um, at the end of the day, Maddie and Caleb and myself did collectively agree that Tennessee would beat Louisiana, but it is a very, very interesting ball game to keep an eye out on. The, uh, just above them is the 5-12 matchup between Duke and Oral Roberts. As we all know, 12s have a habit of upsetting fives throughout the course of the NCAA tournament, and we really like Oral Roberts. Duke is a team that's played better at throughout the course of ACC play, but it's been a team that's been very frustrating at times this season, especially when they fell out of the top 25. Oral Roberts is a team that's played outstanding throughout the entire season. Uh, Connor Vanover, also their big, who used to be, who was a transfer from the University of Arkansas, has the ability to step out and shoot three, three ball and can expand the floor quite a bit. We picked Oral Roberts unanimously to upset Duke, um, which probably means we're going to get it wrong. But Oral Roberts, very talented basketball team. This will be a very good game to watch. Um, just like in the South region, the five through four slots is, are areas of chaos. Um, they feel very, very much like an upset could occur somewhere in here. And it's very likely that one of the lower seeded teams could match up pretty darn well. Looking in further um, into the round of 32, again, we advance Purdue 
to uh, beat Memphis. Um, Zach Eady, very good team. Maddie, Maddie wanted Memphis. Caleb and I said Purdue. Um, so that's what it came down to. She really did like the fact that Memphis has the ability to bully teams a little bit and can shoot from the mid-range. I pointed out that Memphis has struggled from three at times. You look at that example when they played in Coleman against Alabama where they couldn't couldn't hit anything from the three-point arch. And I believe that outside shooting would be a very important aspect of this game for Memphis. Um, so it's, it's going to be a dynamic game, but we moved Purdue on to the Sweet 16. For Oral Roberts in Tennessee, we stuck with the upset mode. We did not like Tennessee to advance into the Sweet 16. Um, and as we pointed out earlier this season, if Rick Barnes does not get to the Sweet 16, Sweet 16, it could be a very hot seat in Knoxville this season. So we ended up picking Oral Roberts, but definitely a very important game for Rick Barnes to win. Uh, one that he's definitely capable of winning. We're not saying that this is a lock that Oral Roberts, a 12 seed, was going to be Tennessee, but Oral Roberts is a team of causing that is capable of causing chaos. Uh, additionally, Bracket, uh, one of our bracketologists on the show, 801, had Oral Roberts circled as one of our possible upset teams uh, for this season. Multiple guys have pointed that out to us throughout the years, and it's one that's pretty much no longer a secret at this point. Oral Roberts, good basketball team, and that's not the one that I was talking about earlier for a potential upset matchup. Moving on to the bottom portion of the East, that's where we had Kentucky versus Providence. Matty pointed out a great point. When you look at the stat lines between Kentucky and Providence, it's very apparent that these teams are very, very similar on paper. You're looking at teams that have 113 for their offensive rating, 103-104 for their defensive rating, six steals a game, three-point defense, 32 to 33%, both teams right around the same neighborhood, uh, opponent field goal average, 43% for Kentucky, 44% for Providence. Where is the dividing line in this game? We believe that it came down to rebounding, and Oscar Shibway is the guy to get that job done. Very good rebounder. Uh, Kentucky has been an exceptionally rebound, good rebounding team throughout the season. Uh, we like Kentucky to move. They are the best rebounding team in nearly every category in the SEC. So we do like Kentucky and Oscar Shibway to take this W over Providence. It's going to be a very interesting game to watch. In the Kansas State-Montana State game, we ended up taking the Tank Gang and uh, moved Kansas State on. Very good basketball team, a team that has beaten SEC teams throughout the year. Um, very good, obliterated Florida in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Good basketball team, one that beat Kansas, uh, one of our favorites throughout the year, and they, we got them moving on to play Kentucky. This was our first major upset that we considered. We only picked one 15 seed to beat a two. It's very rare that this happens, but we've seen happened over the last two NCAA tournaments, Oral Roberts beating Ohio State, and then last year, St. Peter's beating Kentucky. Marquette and Vermont. We pointed this out, and this was a team that we didn't think was getting a lot of love. Vermont last year was a team that took Arkansas to the wire in their 4-13 matchup. This Vermont team is returning several, several good players. Um, this is a team that is capable of actually pulling this upset. Marquette's very good, but they have lost to teams who are lower than them. Take example, Mississippi State. And that's not any kind of offense to Mississippi State. Marquette's a very talented basketball team, one of the best, and definitely one of the best coming out of the Big East. But we did like Vermont to possibly pull this upset. We wrote it in for Vermont to advance to the next round. 
uh, collectively. We liked it as a possible upset, and we did recommend it if you play a weekend-to-weekend game. It is a very big opportunity for 15 points and one that we think is very doable for 15 points. If you play a weekend-to-weekend bracket setup, you know that you restart the next weekend for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight um, for the way that point system works. So it's one that you could definitely take a risk on there. Um, Marquette's a very good team. It's not to say that we don't think Marquette shouldn't be favored or anything else. That's the, We think Marquette will win the game ultimately, but we picked it as an upset uh, and one that we definitely like. Vermont returning several good star- starters who almost who took Arkansas to the wire, had a very good chance to upset Arkansas and was a very popular pick last year. Um, so as a 15 seed, we definitely liked Vermont for a possible upset beating a two seed. So we moved Vermont on. Looking on into the round of 32, we pick Kansas State to beat Kentucky. Kansas State is a team that has shown time and time again they can beat quality opponents. And the Big 12 this year is absolutely no joke. We moved the Tang Gang on. Kansas State is in the Sweet 16 as far as we're concerned uh, for our bracket filling out here. And that's not to say Kentucky doesn't have a chance. They are a very good rebounding team and a team that has shown tremendous problems uh, throughout the last portion over the last month of SEC play. It is a team playing their best ball right now, but we do like Kansas State. Kansas State seems like a very good basketball team and a very good pick. Looking at our 7 versus 15 seed matchup in the round of 32, if it should come to that, we favor Michigan State as the team to advance. Which brings us to our Sweet 16. Purdue versus Oral Roberts. We like Zach Eady to push around Connor Vanover and win the rebounding game and the game down low. We do like Purdue quite a bit in this situation. A very good basketball team. We move Purdue on to the Elite Eight. Um, we move Kansas State on over Michigan State. Like I said, very good wins for Kansas State this season. Um, they've shown us a lot of good potential. They've beaten several quality opponents throughout the year. There's no reason to not necessarily believe in them and to see the three seed make it to the Elite Eight where we'll have Purdue facing Kansas State. And ultimately, we take Zach Eady uh, and Painter to advance Purdue into the Final Four. The next bracket we took a look at was the Midwest. And um, this one was a little bit more interesting, you could say. Reason being, Houston is a team that we felt like if they get a troublesome enough eight or nine seed in the second game, this would be the team to look at as the one one seed that would not make it to the Sweet 16 this year. Uh, roughly in the 80% range uh, for a one seed to not make the Sweet 16 and something that's been a more common occurrence over the last couple of years. Uh, So this is an interesting bracket to take a look at. Additionally, we have multiple SEC teams to take a look at in here, including Texas A&M, a team that we felt was not seeded quite correctly. Uh, And we had an interview with Blake Anderson and uh, our special guest, Derek, who was one of our co-champions for the SEC Twitter tournament. And we are talking to Blake Andrews of Good Bull Hunting and also our Twitter co-champion who is one of our Texas A&M friends that we've made over the course of the uh, the SEC Twitter tournament. Um, we got a shirt here. We're going to be sending it to him soon. Um, but guys, how you guys doing today? Doing great. Awesome. Doing well. Good deal. Good deal. So let's start off with the obvious question. How are y'all feeling about uh, Texas A&M's draw? How long do you want me to talk, Blake? I'll let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've uh, I've been I've been running numbers and writing a very angry uh, Good Bull Hunting post that will be up soon. Um, you know, listen, I'm I'm thrilled that the team is in the tournament. They they at least deserved that. Uh, I think a seven seed was a travesty when you when you look at uh, the other seven seeds. I I think it's ridiculous um, and. It, 
I wish I could say I was surprised at this point, but you know, the, the battered Aggie syndrome that, that we suffer from, uh, you know, had us somewhat expecting some, some shenanigans on selection Sunday. Uh, and I, 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 I will, I will leave others to speculate as to the reasons, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, happy that the guys are in the tournament. I, I'm looking forward to looking forward to return to March, but at the same time, disappointed with, uh, with some of the, the decisions that the, the selection committee made. I can understand that that's, that's a frustrating situation, but look at it this way. The old saying about buzz has always been give him four years and he will get you in the NCAA tournament. Here we are. How are you guys feeling about that accomplishment, at least? Oh, man, I've got strong opinions there. So um, I'm, I'm pretty vocal about it and, and, and known for being pretty harsh on Buzz from time to time. But look, look the, the team turned things around this year. Let's be honest, right? I mean, it, going into the Christmas break was like, yep, nope, this is – I don't – at this point, you're looking at buyout conversations, right? That's where most folks were around Christmas time. Um and, and I think rightfully so, especially after the loss to Wofford, which of course we know is still being held, obviously quite quite heavily against the against the Aggie basketball team. But I mean, look, it's it, the the turnaround that happens, great. And then we saw something very similar last season as well. Uh, it happened a little later in the season, but we saw something similar last season. But turnaround's fantastic. Uh, obviously, the team started just playing super well. I think getting guys like Julius Marble more involved in the scoring game and getting him involved down low was a big difference maker once conference play started. I'm a big Marble fan, so. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I, I'm still gonna be slightly pessimistic. Um, and you know, look, he's the 11th, 12th highest paid coach in college basketball. Um, should it have taken four years? I'm going to say no. Um, you know, he's gr- great at building a, a roster of guys that are going to work hard and play great defense. Um, you know, I'd like to see recruiting get a little bit better still, of course. Um, I think that continues to ring true anytime you watch the top performing teams in postseason play. They've always got those star recruits that are going to come through. We saw it today in the championship game against Alabama. You know, we've got Wade score as the go Wade Taylor as the go-to scorer. Uh, Alabama sold out on shutting him out, and you know the result spoke for themselves. We've only got one kind of go-to scorer on the roster. Okay, I mean, I can I can understand that thought process. Uh, let's yeah, sure. let's let's take the turn to the bracket a little bit, uh, guys. You want to uh, walk them through the Penn State game here and their initial impressions of uh, facing this Penn State team? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think. You know, Texas A&M, unfortunate that they're a seven seed, but I think Penn State's going to be a good matchup with the way Texas A&M, you know, how their offense um, is kind of phased and, you know, stronger defense in the paint, I think is going to be a solid matchup with Penn. And I think Texas a and going to move on to Texas pretty easily. Um, Caleb, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, let's say just kind of what Maddie said, you know, I think this is going to come down to – you know, a key game down in the paint where Texas A&M, I think, is going to succeed in this game, and you see them moving on to the next round to most likely take on Texas, but that, that's to be seen. All right, so let's uh, let's take a look at the bracket here real fast. Obviously, y'all's number one seed on y'all's region is Houston, and I you might as well pencil in a one seed. Everybody knows that, um, you know, there's a 99.3% chance, and the only reason that 0.7 exists is because of a little team called UMBC a few years ago. Um, but... As far as we're talking here, Houston moving on. Um, we don't have any Auburn guests who came on the show with us this week. Um, so just guys, you want to take a stab at who you think is going to advance there in that port on y'all section of the bracket. Go ahead, Blake. Go ahead, Derek. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, 
I've been running models trying to see what I'm going to do as my futures picks for who I'm going to bet on to win the tournament. So um, Houston was modeled pretty heavily. I, watching today's championship game against Memphis was kind of, you know, started making me kind of squint my eyes a little bit and well, try to understand. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're losing your top player, but um, they just did not have an answer. And so I kind of look at that similarly to, you know, the books a bit out on A&M's guards, you know, deny Wade Taylor the ball and shut Boots Radford from going left. And then you've got to rely on the big guys down low um, again. And I think I agree with both what both you guys were saying. I think there is a favorable matchup down low. Obviously those guys got to stay out of foul trouble. That's been a problem for, um, for uh, Marble and, and Coleman all season. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough to look at a team like Houston and see them not coming through. This pains me to say this, uh, the models I've been looking at and I've been running really like Texas. Um, like really, really, really like Texas. And you watch what they've been able to do in their conference tournament you know, with with some players sitting out too. And it's like, okay, they might be serious. Um, they're coming in as a, as a two seed, easily could have made an argument for them to be a one seed, I believe. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think Texas is going to be a tough, a tough out in the bracket as well. But, you know, it, again, it's tough to overlook Houston and what they've done this season too. But, you know, again, pains me to say this to every bone in my body and my maroon blood, but, uh, I think I think Texas is going to be a tough out. Blake, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely agree. Texas Texas is going to be a tough a tough out. Um, you know, I, I am looking forward to that second round matchup. I think it's going to be an intriguing uh, uh, an intriguing Styles make fights game, and the uh, the just the 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 rivalry renewed uh, is certainly going to be an interesting uh, aspect if A and M can get past Penn State. Uh, so. That's, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Again, going back to that Penn State game, don't have any uh, don't have any significant concerns there. I think Pickett's a phenomenal guard, but at the same time, I think AM's defense will 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 adjust accordingly. Um, I think uh, you know, Maddie hit it on on the head, right? The the matchup I think favors AM on that side. Um, you know, Houston, I've seen them in person. That's a that's a really dynamic team. Um the only thing that concerns me is the, you know, are, is Sasser going to be there? Is he going to be a hundred percent? What's, what's it going to look like? Um, you know, if I think if they can get through the first couple of games, if they can get through the first weekend uh, that hopefully will give Sasser a little more time to get to a hundred percent. And you know, that, that, uh, that elite eight matchup could be interesting uh, no matter which way that goes. So uh, the other side of it, the other side of it, I'll say though, Xavier. You know, looking back at uh, at last year's NIT final, I mean, you've got the two teams that were in that final, Xavier and AM, uh, You know, in in the bracket this year, Xavier, of course, has had a, a tremendous year. Um, that's that's a team that I wouldn't underrate either. Those guys have have really shown up this year. I I I don't I don't uh, underrate the the Musketeers when it comes to March. I always I always like my, uh, the Xavier squad. That, that's totally fair. Xavier's always a fun team to to watch, and they're playing Kennesaw State, I believe, who's making their very first, yeah, they are, um, very first appearance in the NCAA tournament, so that's going to be a ton of fun there. Uh, it's always fun to watch a team try to get their first win. Um, you know, you could either fall on your fl- face or uh, turn into the next St. Peter's. There's always an opportunity, uh, so we'll see how that one goes down. Where do you guys see the Aggie ceiling in this bracket? I know That's you hate saying question. that, hands, but I've got mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that your your ceiling is probably 
I mean, if if they can, you know, pull the upset, get to the Sweet 16, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough a tough out against Xavier. Um, you know, I, I think that the Sweet 16 is probably the ceiling for this group. And and in all honesty, you know, as this is Buzz's first year in the tournament with AM, I'm okay with that, right? I, I think, you know, like like Derek. I'm not quite as pessimistic as Derek is on on Buzz and his performance, but uh, you know I tend to be pretty uh, pretty realistic about you know what he's done so far. I I think that you know it has been it has taken him a little bit longer to get things moving in the right direction. I think we're definitely going there, but again, you know the recruiting hasn't been what what I feel like it should be and what it needs to be for us to be competitive. Um, but I think this team making making it to the second weekend of the tournament will, will certainly help on that front. Okay. Uh, guys, any final cuts, comments, anything like that on the, uh, on the bracket before we run through it real fast? Not really. I'm still a little hurt about the um, Texas A&M loss that Arkansas took this week. So I think that's kind of clouding my judgment right now. You know, Caleb's the one who has well, the race podcast. Why do you keep bringing it up? <laughs> well, you know, it hurts. We're all here. Well, we're, well, we're at you. I will, I will tell you. We are tell you, Arkansas, right now. All right. If it, just to uh, show everybody real fast, uh, Derek, got your official Hoop Southbound T-shirt that we're going to be sending your way uh, out west. From my understanding, I, I don't know if you're in El Paso or what, but uh, soon, soon come your way. Do what? I'm in Denver. Not oh, Denver. Well, you said Mountain yeah. Time, and I was like, Aggie fan, Mountain Time. <laughs> El Paso is the only part of pretty much of uh, Texas that's out there in the uh, Mountain Time Zone. So go, I was yeah. like, just to see, you know, maybe maybe I'm right. Well, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be sending this your way. Uh, you know, congratulations on making it so far into the uh, into the SEC Twitter competition, a uh, competition that we will likely not have next year <laughs> um, <laughs> for uh, reasons of people who know the situation that went down with that. Um, but congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Great to great to get to talk with all of you. Great to meet you. Just to, to clear follow up one thing Blake said, I am not a Buzz hater. I know there's plenty of them out there. Um, I love Buzz. I love what he's doing with building character and trying to build and, and uh, mature young men to get out into the real world. Uh, huge, huge fan, huge proponent of that. I want him to succeed at a and I just, you know, I'll, I'll echo what Blake said as well. I think we should be further along where we are as a team right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, let's let's get to that second game against Texas and watch all hell break loose on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a fun one. I, 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 fingers crossed. I want that yeah. matchup. So I want that matchup. Man. I'm scared of Colgate, though. Um, I haven't paid too much attention to this Colgate team. Um, but if you want to look for a 15 seed, that might be one of the ones to look for. They have been in the NCAA tournament one every uh, one time in the last three years. So, and they've played. I've well. watched, watched one of their games this season. Pretty pretty fast offense. They're going to put up some shots from deep, and uh, you know we we saw it last year. All you got to do is get hot in one game, and you can pull off the upset. Absolutely. Yeah, very true. All right, thank you guys so much. Y'all take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And I want to thank Blake for coming on the show. Uh, definitely go check out. Uh, Good Bull Hunting is a fantastic website. He writes a lot of articles on there. He says he's writing an angry article now, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I should note, I did totally forget to mention Mississippi State a second ago, who was on the playing game against Pitt and this three SEC teams in this Midwest region. All right, so these were our picks. Uh, obviously, we did not have a UMBC pick this year, uh, so we advanced Houston past North Kentucky. Uh, Houston's a good enough basketball team to beat that team. Also, additionally, I know there's a lot of concern about after watching the Memphis game, 
um, with Houston on Sunday. But remember, they were playing without Sasser. Houston ends up advancing here, we think, especially when they get a healthy Sasser back. There is a road that Kelvin Sampson is on to win some basketball games in March. Next, we took a look at Auburn and Iowa. This one uh, had a little intrigue uh, for us. Um, Probably our first pick where we did not advance the SEC team into the round of 32. And just looking at it, you look at the offensive rating, 115.8 for Iowa compared to Auburn's 108. Uh, The defensive rating is very good for Auburn. This is going to be an offensive versus defensive battle. Uh, Iowa, though, is a team that's capable of doing some good things. Their defense lacks, but that's where we think rebounding is going to come in, and that's where Jani Broom is going to be a big factor in this game. We like the setting, though. We like the fact that Iowa looks like they can get past Auburn, uh, a team that's been inconsistent at times. We just don't know necessarily what to think of Auburn. We do think that Iowa will end up taking um, this win here based on their offense uh, and a few other factors as well. They hit the three ball quite a bit. Their assisted turnover ratio is very good. This is a very, very good Iowa team, uh, one that could be dangerous. I should rephrase that. This isn't a phenomenal Iowa team by any means. This is a dangerous Iowa team and one that you should definitely keep an eye out for. Very surprised in this region also to find that Auburn did make the nine line. We thought they were going to be on the 10 uh, coming into Selection Sunday. But it'll be a very interesting matchup to watch. Uh, we're taking Iowa in this game. Uh, next, moving on to Miami and Drake. Drake was one of those teams that 801 Bracketology told us to look out for. We talked about it. Miami's really, really good, but we're advancing Drake here as a 12-5 upset um, throughout our conversation. We, we kept pointing out, I think we're picking too many 12s over the 5s, but uh, in this circumstance... We do like it. It's it's a, it's a good team. This Drake team is capable of beating good opponents, such as Mississippi State, a uh, team they beat on a neutral floor earlier this year. Uh, we ended up be advancing Drake. Um, there was some times, though, in the Missouri Valley Conference that Drake was not necessarily the best team. Uh, this one was a split decision by us. I had Miami pick. The other two had Drake. So two beats one. Um, that's why the guys took it. So we... Ended up taking Drake to advance into the next round. Uh, The four versus 13 game. I actually liked Kent State in this one. I thought Kent State was a very dangerous team. Team that took Houston uh, the distance on their home court. One that's looked dangerous throughout the year. Uh, Especially if you look at their stats, you just sit there and go, wow, this is a pretty good basketball team. If you were to take a blind stat resume, uh, look at this team. But the other two, they felt Indiana. So uh, while you might circle Kent State as a possible upset in your bracket, uh, Maddie and Caleb have Indiana rocking in this one. And Indiana, they have advancing to go play Drake in the next round. Pitt versus Mississippi State is definitely an interesting basketball game. One where it's kind of offense versus defense. Mississippi State, very talented, uh, not offense, defense. Um, very good team. One of the best defenses in the SEC this season with a defensive rating of 94.7. When you look at Pitt, though, their defense is very, very lacking. Uh, one that gives up a point per possession. Uh, on an average basis. Um, very concerned there. Uh, Mississippi State takes the ball away at least three more, three to four more times than Pitt does in a game, and something that I think can help uh, Mississippi State out quite a bit throughout this matchup. Uh, Three-point defense, everything considered in that. 
Now, Pitt's offense, on the other hand, very good, 113.6 for their offensive rating, a team that hits 45% of their shots from the field and hits about nine plus uh, from, three, from the three line. A very talented team, decent assisted turnover ratio, and a team that gets about 14 points from the free throw line. We believe that defense, defense traveled, so collectively we picked Mississippi State in this. Also, Tolu Smith, very talented player, probably the best pure or traditional post player uh, in the SEC, 15.8 points per game and almost nine rebounds a night. This guy is coming close to a, averaging a double-double. Very talented player. We like Tolu Smith to take over this ball game and be the one to get the job done. Player to watch, keep your eyes on for Pitt, is Jamarius Burton. Very good player. Uh, someone to keep take note on uh, for that play-in game. Looking at the rest of the bracket, um, yeah, so for the Xavier-Kennesaw State game, we just kind of went, Xavier, Xavier, Xavier. First time making the NCAA tournament for Kennesaw State. Uh, we like Xavier in this matchup. Um, pretty interesting one uh, at the end of the day, but Xavier, they're the better team. We, we favor the Big East here. Um, all three of us kind of took it. It's just one of those teams. Caleb liked to point it out that Xavier's just one of those teams that you, you know them because of March. And that's a true statement. Xavier's one of those teams that comes in, plays decent in March at times. So we ended up advancing Xavier in this matchup. Texas A&M, Penn State matchup. We really, really favor Texas A&M in. We feel that Texas A&M is underseeded. Um, they did not want to reward, we feel like, Texas A&M's non-conference schedule and the way that they played throughout the course of that schedule. That said, Texas A&M is a team that can play with some bigger teams. And one that you should probably, if you're playing in a weekend-to-weekend -weekend league, you may consider Texas A&M to beat Texas in a weekend-to-weekend -weekend league, and it could be a matter of some pretty good points. That's an available 14 points for you uh, in your bracket league if that's the way that you play your setup. But... That's not to say that was our overall pick coming into the next game, but we did like Texas A&M over Penn State. Jalen Pickett, very talented player, 18.1 points per night, 7.4, but we all agreed Texas A&M is the team that should advance here. Defense is better. Offense right on the same caliber as Penn State. Defense travels, so we're taking Texas A&M. Uh, we also like Buzz and the direction that he has Texas A&M going in this current moment. For Texas versus Colgate, uh, it was a pretty easy group. Now, Colgate has been to the NCAA tournament for multiple years in a row now. Uh, they're a very good basketball program uh, coming out of the Patriot League. But Texas, yeah, they're Texas. They they do a pretty good job. They shoot well. This is not a shock smart Texas team. This is one that can advance through the tournament. Uh, and we got them beating Colgate. No no surprise there. Um, as the way Maddie put it, we'll take the Longhorns over toothpaste. So we move Texas on to play Texas A&M in the second round of the tournament. Uh, for our next round that we have down here with Texas A&M and Texas, we ended up picking Texas. We like the way Texas shoots the ball. This is a very talented Texas team. But I said, maybe you pick Texas A&M. Because while the metrics don't necessarily like Texas A&M over Texas, it's a passion game. And a couple of years ago, I ended up picking Loyola Chicago over Illinois. Um, and I said, it's big brother versus little brother. This is a similar situation. These are two in-state rivals, two in-state rivals that haven't played each other in a long time. I like that for Texas A&M. Team that probably feels like they got something to prove. Playing a team that's making a lot of noise as they're making their way into the SEC in the uh, coming years. Um, so I, I like Texas A&M to possibly pull this upset, but we collectively pick Texas to advance to play Xavier um, in the Sweet 16. And yeah, we had Iowa State advancing over Mississippi State, uh, but Iowa State ends up 
dropping the next game to Xavier is how we had that picked out. On the north side of the bracket, it's Houston versus Indiana. As we mentioned, Houston's the team just on the eye test throughout the course of the year. And looking at some of the teams that they played, I'm not convinced with Houston that they make it past the Sweet 16 this year and that Indiana um, being the team, we all agreed Indiana over Houston. We liked it. We felt it. Actually, what Maddie said was, um, (laughs) while she didn't necessarily agree, Houston is a very good basketball team. She did agree that the the math does suggest that a one seed is getting upset somewhere. So Indiana, we had advancing over Houston. So finally, we took a tour into the West where Kansas is probably upset that it didn't get into the Midwest region, seeing how that game would have been in Kansas City, Missouri. Selection committee show Missouri. It's Kansas City, Missouri. There is a Kansas City, Kansas. It sits on one side. I've lived on both sides of the border when I lived up there. Um, But yeah, weird that they ended up in the Las Vegas bracket. Uh, Kansas playing Howard in their first game. We had no one seeds uh, losing to 16. So we advanced Kansas. We like Bill Self. We like Dick. Um, The insert your joke here. Kansas advances over Howard. And then that's where Arkansas comes in. Now, Benjamin earlier mentioned to us that Illinois, his team, he didn't like them playing Arkansas. Uh, So we talked to Caleb since he was on the show. And yeah, that interview for some reason didn't get messed up. Um, so we had him talk about us, talk about Arkansas a little bit uh, in this situation. And welcome to the most awkward interview that we've ever done on the Hoop Southbound podcast, because we're actually, Maddie, you want to sh- right yeah. next to each other. Yeah, we're like I said, we're having to redo everything because of the live show technical difficulties. So um, we're having fun, though, today. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Arkansas and their section of the bracket here about their first weekend before we get to actually filling out the bracket today. Um, let's start. Caleb, how are you feeling about Arkansas? I know I have my thoughts. I know Maddie has her thoughts. Um, but Caleb, how are you feeling about Arkansas and uh, where they've ended up this season? I think it's an interesting draw. Um, I think, as most August fans will tell you, the season's been definitely not necessarily a disappointment, but a letdown from what preseason expectations were due to the injury bug and, you know, just that inexperience in youth you've got, even though you have a tremendous amount of talent. Um, just learning to get through those experiences and those tough moments throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we, we, we're we both well aware of the situation. You know, I've been on your show talking about it. We've, we've been here and there all the time. But you have to be optimistic somewhat with Nick Smith, especially the way he played in that Auburn game. Yeah, that's that's true. He He's starting to get to where he wants to be that man that takes the shot, the final shots, and that leader that's on the team. So as we go through this tournament, we'll see how much – he improves and on his consistency on being the guy to take the shot. If it comes to that again. Gotcha. Manny. You know, um, like you said, Nick Smith really starting to come in to his own and be more of a Moses Moody, Stanley Moody that we've seen that makes it happen down the stretch. You know, if we're struggling or, you know, if he's just running hot and shooting threes, like nobody's business. Um, But like you said, definitely a disappointment. You know, I heard it a lot this weekend, people asking me about Arkansas and, you know, we're a little worried about seasons to come just because if we do keep recruiting such a young class, there's not a whole lot of room for experience. But I think, you know, the fact that we are in the tournament and, you know, if we can beat Illinois, run head to head with Kansas, I I think it'll be a better 
view for Arkansas fans in the long run. All right, so I'm going to ask this real fast. How do you feel about playing Illinois in the first game? It's definitely going to be an intriguing matchup. I, I saw where this is the first time Arkansas has matched up with Illinois, and you know somebody mentioned Must is a guy that likes first, so you know maybe this will be his chance to get Arkansas' first win against Illinois. But when you just a quick look at look at the matchup on paper, these teams look like they could be mirror images of each other just from the statistical point. Um, and so I think it is going to be one of the most watched matchup, in my opinion, just as close as the teams are with that eight, nine matchup, but also just with the talent that's going to be there as well. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand that. What do you think about the statistic though, that Arkansas is six and one all time against current big 10 teams and the NCAA tournament, including four and O in the first round. Do you think we see that trend continue? I was about to say, I'm going to go with, yes, I'll take that, that those stats lean in our favor. And, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I think when it comes to tournament time, you know, you can't ever count Coach Muss out with that experience he's got. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when you look at this matchup, I, I think when you actually just sit down and look at the stats on this on the Illinois game, it's actually weird because these teams are very, very similar. In fact, they have the exact same defensive rating at 97.4. Uh, that's how similar these teams are. Um, where do you think the breakaway point is going to be for Arkansas? Because the first thing that I kind of circle is the fact that Illinois scores almost three more three-point field goals in a game than Arkansas. I think it's going to come out to A, Nick Smith having to you know make some threes. But I think what we saw in the A&M game, Ricky Council is going to have to come out and be able to score. With him having a poor not shooting night, you know that didn't help us at all. Um, I think he's going to have to come out and have a – one of his regular performances, you know, with him being second leading scorer in the SEC, he's going to have to come out and play. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely yeah. – yeah, you need Ricky to play good basketball on a consistent basis. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to be part of my my pick process throughout this, the thought process on Arkansas. But let's look at the first weekend for the Razorbacks and kind of the situation here. Uh, obviously, we just talked about – Arkansas and Illinois, who do you think wins that ball game? Benjamin, who is uh, an Illinois guy himself, gave us his thoughts earlier when we talked about the bracket. Um, but who do you think wins between Arkansas and Illinois? I'm going to have to go with Arkansas in this bracket just because even though the two teams are very similar in their style of play, I think it's going to come down to, I think Musk is going to have this team ready. I think there's too much talent on this team to exit first round. So I think we see Arkansas move on to that second round. Okay, so obviously, unless someone gets UMB seed, which has been my you know reigning joke, um, we're we're expecting Arkansas to play Kansas in the second round. What are your thoughts on playing Kansas with a now back Bill Self? To start off, I I don't like it, but it brings me to you know last year. I know this team's a different team than last year, but I think last going into the last year, nobody thought we would come in and pull the upset over the number one overall seat in Saga last year either. So I think it's just one of those things, like we've said before, it's March, anything can happen. Um, and just hope that, you know, we can have another one of those situations where Moss has this team ready and they come out ready to play. Okay, so obviously I'm not going to make you pick Arkansas uh, one way or the other if they're going to the Sweet 16 or not, but let's talk about the other games. Um, St. Mary's versus VCU. Uh, who's your pick in between those two? This is one where I've always been a big VCU fan, so I think they're going to pull the upset and 
uh, move on to the next round over St. Mary's. I, I actually really like that. That's I, I've been watching the Atlantic 10 and VCU is a team that uh, I didn't put money on earlier this year. I put it on Dayton, but VCU was one of the teams I considered putting money on for the Atlantic 10. I should have because they won it. Um, so then we got UConn and Iona. Ooh, um, I've heard them talking on the selection show about, you know, uh, Patino being back in a situation where he's got a Big East opponent there sitting in UConn. What do you think about that game? As much as I think this could be a close game, I think you see UConn coming out with a win in this game, especially just with everything that's been swirling around about there could be the potential of this is uh, Patino's last season at Iona. Yeah, definitely so. Okay, so we've got VCU and UConn. Who is potentially the Sweet 16 opponent for either Arkansas or Kansas? As much as I want to go with the underdog, I think UConn's just going to come out and move on in this round. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth could make this a game. But I don't know if they can just take it all the way. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. So we'll keep keep our eye on that bracket. Um, any final thoughts, though, on the Razorbacks and their situation here for March? I think if I have to say this is a final team or a very talented team that, you know, could have the chance to make a strong run. Uh, I think some of those experienced guys are going to have to step up and take some leadership on this team. You know, Devo, Kamani, they've been here before. Just kind of let these guys know what to expect in March. And Coach Musk, you know, having his team ready like he always does. Gotcha. All right. Well, Caleb, thank you very much. And um, while you're going to be standing next to me, filling out some brackets here in a minute, um, you know, when we go back out, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show today. Regardless, you want to let everybody know where they can find your show at? Yeah, they can go check out the Whoopig Weekly Podcast. It's everywhere you can find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, on Twitter, it's WPS underscore weekly. You can also find me at the Southern Voice Sports Arkansas page as well on Twitter. All right, good deal. All right, let's uh, let's get back to filling out some brackets here. We ended up advancing Arkansas into the round of 32, um, just based on everybody picking. Arkansas does open up as the favorite in that game. So we have Arkansas advancing to play Kansas in the round of 32. We picked St. Mary's to beat VCU, but we did point out that VCU is a very talented basketball team coming out of the Atlantic 10. A very scary one. Uh, Caleb definitely liked them as well. Um, But we ended up taking St. Mary's. Kim Palm Metrics really like St. Mary's. Got a bunch of players you've never heard of who are good basketball players, and Kim Palm really, really likes them. So taking a little bit of advice off the metrics there, we ended up rocking St. Mary's into the next round. Um, But keep an eye out for that VCU team. Additionally, we just didn't want to put another 12 upsetting of five. Then it came down to Patino taking on a Big East team. Now, Patino, of course, is in conversations, or from what we understand, to go take over a Big East team at this point. Here he is facing one of the teams that's arguably... Uh, one of the premier programs of the Big East and UConn. Snowgo, though, we like to out-rebound everybody in this basketball game. This is a very good UConn team, uh, despite them falling from probably a one seed and looking like the best team in the country at one point this year and then falling down to a four seed. We still like UConn to advance and play St. Mary's in that next round. We don't know necessarily if Iona's attention is going to be where it needs to be for this game, but it will be an early test for Patino uh, getting getting a look at what the Big East is like nowadays. So UConn, we do have advancing. Looking at the bottom portion of the bracket where there are no SEC teams, uh, we ended up advancing TCU over the winner of ASU and Nevada. Uh, Nevada is an interesting team, though. We did circle Nevada as a team to keep an eye out for. We don't, didn't feel like we were giving the Mountain West a good enough respect, if you will. Mountain West and Kempom this season actually finished higher than the ACC 
um, in their metrics. So definitely very interested in Nevada. Uh, if they should upset T or if they should get that game, they may possibly upset TCU. This is a TCU team that has some bad losses, um, but it's still a very talented, talented team. But we ended up going Big 12 in the situation saying TCU advances. Uh, for Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon, we just all looked around the room and said, it's Gonzaga, right? Yeah, Drew Timmy doing Drew Timmy things. We expect in this ball game and advanced Gonzaga over Grand Canyon. Um, so, yeah, we'll see TCU and Gonzaga, according to our, bra our group, bra group think tank bracket here in the next round for Boise state. We liked them to beat Northwestern. Maddie liked North Northwestern, but Caleb and I came to an agreement that Boise state in the mountain West, very good team. This Boise state team beat Texas A&M earlier this season during their non-conference schedule. Now granted Texas A&M may not have been playing their best ball, but this is a Boise state team that beat them by 15 points. Uh, Boise state, very, very talented, uh, a team that we felt definitely deserved to be in the field. So we ended up advancing Boise State into the round of 32, where they'll be playing UCLA. Now, UCLA is playing UNC Asheville. UNC Asheville was a team that 801 Bracketology gave us as a possible upset 15 seed. We actually turned against him on that one. Um, while we still think it's pretty solid, I've seen this UNC Asheville team play in person. Uh, they're a good basketball team. But UCLA, we feel like, is much more talented. So we ended up advancing UCLA over UNC Asheville. While that may be the 15 seed that you select uh, to be the upset team of the uh, of the tournament and advance further into this tournament, UNC Asheville, we don't think compares uh, to UCLA. So we ended up advancing UCLA. Remember, this UCLA team was competing for a one seed uh, for quite a while. So this UCLA team, very, very talented. We moved them on to play Boise State. Let's go back up top where Arkansas is. Arkansas versus Kansas. It broke all our hearts. Uh, of course, you know Caleb is the uh, host uh, host of the Woo Pig Weekly podcast. Uh, Maddie's a Razorback fan. I myself are an alumni, but Kansas is who I had picked for my national champion this year. Um, and if this was my own bracket, I just would have penciled them all in all the way to the end uh, and then filled my bracket out around that. For Arkansas, it's not that Arkansas isn't capable of making an upset. They are a dangerous eight seed. It's just that we don't like the one seed that they're playing. Kansas is a very good basketball team. Um, this is, we're talking about arguably the best coach in college basketball and Bill Self. Um, Kansas is a very good team. Arkansas has been extremely inconsistent and a one and one appearance in the tournament would not be off what we've seen out of Arkansas uh, throughout conference play. Now, while I have been wanting to see Arkansas get out of conference play because I think their style fits better in the, the NCAA field as a whole um, because the SEC is such a physical, physical basketball league, the, SC, the SEC play here, or the team that they drew, just I, I don't think favors them. Uh, if they had gotten Houston, I would advance Arkansas over Houston, but Kansas is the draw that I don't want for the Razorbacks. And unfortunately, I'm picking Kansas over my own team. Uh, and we all three agreed. This was a collective pick. Um, it, it saddened us. It broke our hearts. But uh, Kansas, we have advancing over Arkansas. Uh, and that's a team, that's a game that I think they win. It could be interesting. It could be definitely one to watch. But Arkansas has a tendency to put together some bad droughts. And that's something I don't think Bill Self is going to you know, let slide on a basketball court on the way to a chance for a repeat national championship. So we have Kansas advancing. For St. Mary's and UConn, uh, we ended up advancing UConn. Again, a lot of size, Addisonogo, good team collectively. This is a team that beat Alabama earlier this year. We got UConn playing Kansas in the next round. Uh, we all agreed, though, Kansas goes to the next, and they are in 
our Elite Eight as well. TCU, we have playing UCLA, and we have UCLA facing Kansas in the next round is the way we saw it. Big blue blood matchup there between UCLA and Kansas. Um, you know, the stuff the selection committee dreams of. So we have that put together there. We have Kansas advancing over UCLA. We like Grady Dick. We like this whole team. Uh, Kansas is a very good team that uh, went and smoked, you know, played very tough against Kentucky uh, there in Rupp Arena, a team that we've seen play good basketball throughout the course of the year. Kansas, we have advancing to the Final Four. So that makes our Final Four picks. Purdue, Arizona. Or, sorry, that's wrong. I read that wrong. So that makes our Final Four picks. Kansas, Purdue, Alabama, and Indiana. When we saw our Final Four as a group think here, we didn't like it. The reason is we don't necessarily think three teams are actually going to make it to the Final Four. This seems like a, te- a year that you might pick the field somewhere along the way at some point. Um, but it was very interesting that we the way that we just group thought this out. So Alabama versus Purdue in that first game. Alabama's a good rebounding team. So Zach Eady with all his size and everything else, I think Noah Clowney, Betty Yako, and all the guys down there down low can take enough rebounds away from Purdue. And that is a very, very good team down low. Uh, we ended up taking Alabama uh, collectively here. Uh, Alabama, uh, three to zero, it was our vote uh, for moving on. For Kansas and Indiana, Kansas, again, was our, we've all pretty, we we pretty much all decided at the exact same time. Like, I had my mind made up for a while, but when I said, this is my team, it just all be kind of game a, I don't know if it became a herd mentality or if everybody was on the same page. Kansas, we have advancing over Indiana. Alabama and Kansas as our national championship game. We were split on the score of this one, but we all agreed Kansas would be the national champion. Um, we had different reasons across the board. I pointed out that I think Kansas is just all around, got the better coach in uh, Bill Self, and that's not an insult to Nate Oates. Uh, I think everything that he's accomplished in the SEC is very impressive, but this is Bill Self. Um, Bill Self is pretty widely accepted as the best coach in college basketball right now. Um, I, I definitely like that. I like Kansas' ability to shoot the ball. I like their ability to play defense. They're all around good basketball team. Uh, for Alabama, it, there, we also had some other concerns across the board, um, but for Caleb, his big note was is that he just doesn't think this Alabama team is there yet uh, to be the national championship. They're good enough to win it all. It may just depend, though, on who they draw. If they draw Kansas, he just did not like that matchup. Uh, so between Alabama and Kansas, we all picked Kansas. We were spread out a little bit differently on the score. Uh, Maddie went high, very high in this game. Uh, somewhere around 87 to 83 was her final score in favor of Kansas. Very high-scoring ba- basketball game. Caleb went a little bit lower. Uh, and then I had the biggest spread of Kansas at 82 and then Alabama at 73. So very interesting matchup um, if that's the hard national championship game. The thing was, like I said, when we looked at this, we don't actually think this might be the real Final Four. Uh, this was just our Greek, our rapid reaction to the bracket and knowing what we know about teams and the numbers that we had looked at coming into the show. So we we weren't necessarily all sure like this would actually be the final four, but these would be our first impressions right here would be Alabama, Indiana, Purdue, and Kansas. Probably my weakest pick is Indiana coming into this, but I I think Texas could easily win the Midwest. That would be uh, a final four trip for them, but we don't know at this time. Um, It's very interesting. Alabama is definitely capable of making the final four, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. Arizona is also a very good rebounding basketball team, while Alabama is a good rebounding basketball team also. 
with that's going to be a very interesting game on the boards. Um, Alabama's defense, that's going to go back and forth a little bit on the discussion with Arizona. If Arizona's offense is going to be able to keep up with Alabama's defense. So matchup to be very interested in uh, and may decide ultimately. I mean, it's obvious if that is the game, it will decide, but there's going to be factors in that game to decide if Alabama uh, will end up going to the final four. Um, Purdue, it's a matter of how impactful Zach Eady is uh, as our one pick. So that was kind of the conversation that we had with them advancing all the way to the final four. If there's a team that can out rebound, out fight, uh, outscore and get, you know, long, you know, hit some long shots to where they don't have to come inside to face Zach Eady. We, we think that Purdue is capable of being upset as well. This is an Indiana, t- Indiana uh, beat Purdue twice this season. So very interesting games all around. Um, enjoy the madness, everyone. Make sure that you go follow all our sh- all our guests. Uh, they're great people out there. Um, we had some we had some technical difficulties of this show. We really wish that we could have done what we wanted to. Hopefully, next year we get all the kinks worked out and exactly what went wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely go check out the show. Take a take a look at our sponsors, and uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy the madness. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, talking more basketball and our reaction to the first weekend. Uh, So go out there and enjoy the madness, everybody. Feels like I don't know you. You don't feel the same. It feels like I've lost you. Floating into space. All the things we've been through. Fading into blue I would drive to Neptune Just to love you Just to love